I don't even think it's a niche. I think we're changing the world. I think that's really their, their goal here. But everyone's got a computer. Every business has endpoint, needs endpoint protection. Welcome to the Twins Talk Tech Leadership Podcast, where we highlight and explore the views of thought leaders and organizations across the tech industry. We're presenting topics on leadership, sales, and trends from our perspective as individuals and, of course, as twins. Welcome to the Twins Talk Tech Leadership. Welcome back to Twins Talk Tech Leadership. I'm excited. We're about to engage in a thought-provoking conversation with Danny Jenkins, the innovative CEO of ThreatLocker. They're leading in the cybersecurity market towards a more secure approach to blocking unknown application vulnerabilities by providing zero trust endpoint security. With the threat landscape constantly evolving and changing and hackers trying to find ways into your organization, Danny and his team know how to help you to be protected on the front end. They are revolutionizing the way organizations address the cybersecurity threat. So Danny, I'm here, excited to have you shed some light into what you're doing and how you're helping to change the culture. Welcome to the program, how are you today? Thank you for having me here today. Well, we're excited to have you on. One of the things that we do is focus with thought leaders like yourself. We get them on, we talk about the things that are working, things that are changing, things that we need to be aware of. So can you give us a brief overview? I mean, you have an incredibly fascinating background. A serial entrepreneur, what led you to be where you are today to building this company, Threadlock? So I think as I, as I started my career, I was always very entrepreneurial. I always wanted to run my own business. I, I actually started Nighty at 15 years old. I left school and went straight into an apprenticeship at essentially what was an MSP back in the 90s, which was called an IT company back then, but it was offering managed services. And I, I, was, I loved IT. I loved learning IT. I loved I loved understanding how computers worked and scripting worked and how to trick operating systems and make them do things I, they couldn't do. So I got started really early and I actually tried to start a business when I was 17 years old and that did not work out. Have you ever tried to open a business account at 17 years old? It's, it, it's a disaster. But uh, from there, I, I went into corporate IT. I, I learned so much about security, about attacks. And this was in the age where security really wasn't that much of a threat. This was malware, pop-ups, annoying things. And from there, I was like, I've just, I, I want to create something. I want to create something valuable. And I, I went off and I, I created my first company. And it was terrifying. It was difficult. I learned a lot, um, more about investors than anything else, uh, because the, the business side always was easy. Navigating external funding, much, much more complicated. And from there, I, I grew that company. I exited that company. I actually exited to the investors. I didn't, didn't get on particularly well with them. And then I started another company. And these, these weren't great, great companies. Like ThreatLocker was a great company. These were, the second company was almost a lifestyle business. It was, it was slow. It paid my bill. I had, had good income, but it, we made this huge mistake of white labeling our product, which meant we had no brand. Yeah. <laughs> no control, no brand. We had customers. So I, I had these two email security companies under my belt and I, and I sold the second one to one of my customers. I was like, I want, this is boring. I'm out. And that's really the start of what happened to ThreatLocker after that. That's fantastic. And so in terms of what you're building at ThreatLocker, what have you seen in terms of the landscape that said, this is our niche, this is where we're going to make the biggest difference in this market? So I, I don't even think it's a niche. I think we're changing the world. I think that's really their, their goal here. Actually, so after, after selling that other company, I, I, got, I got into a lot of ethical hacking. Yeah. So, yeah. And I, I would 
get paid by people to show if I could get around their systems. And I, I managed to make a lot of money by doing it on retainer. There's not on retainer on, um, on, on project basis if I was to succeed. Because quite often companies are like, I don't want this BS ethical hacker who runs a pen te- a vulnerability scan and says, uh, you, you look, you open this open pool. I want to show, can someone actually get into my system? So rather than having a fixed price of, say, $5,000 where they would not feel comfortable that I'm even going to do a good job, I would say I'm only getting paid if I get this data, this data, this data, and this data, which allowed me to charge substantially more. And what I realized is I was always able to get in with some kind of malware. I was always able to get someone to run something, someone to do something. And it wasn't about scanning for vulnerabilities, which is what all the other ethical hackers were doing and the pen testing companies were doing. It was, it was tricking users. It was manipulating people. And suddenly I ended up not doing that and doing ransomware recoveries. And it started off with one, hey, can you help us? We've been stuck by this massive cyber attack. And then it was another and another. And I was like, what the hell's going on here? This, this ransomware is everywhere. And businesses were, I, I, I had this company in Australia, they had $22,000 ransom, which is small by today's standard. Sure. They, they paid it and they didn't get their data back. Oh my goodness. And I suddenly realized that we got to stop this. We got to change the way these companies need to stop this ransomware from running. And the solutions I gave to them weren't viable, so they pushed me away. So that's where the idea of ThreatLocker came around. I love it. That's fantastic. And what I saw in, or at least what I heard in what you're sharing is that, you know, I saw a viable need and this is where ThreatLocker was born. We have to get in there and show them that there's a way that we can actually prevent these penetrations from happening. And, and that's what I look at when I hear you say that. So when I want to ask you about controlled application access, you know, that's something that we keep hearing about in this, controlling the access. How does ThreatLocker emphasize this approach or emphasize this, whether it's an enhanced digital protection, whether you're mitigating threats in, in terms of the aspects of vulnerabilities you're, you're facing with these clients? What are you doing to help them to either become more aware or to educate them on this front? We'll be right back after this short break. I am delighted to announce that App Meetup's customers can now benefit from the presentation and speaking training courses with our integration and partnership with DSB Leadership Group. DSB Leadership Group is committed to providing training and resources to support professionals becoming more effective communicators and increase their impact and value. And that is the reason why App Meetup and DSB Leadership Group have formed a partnership to make sure that our MSPs, which is you, can be effective and powerful speakers in the community. Whether you are hosting a major conference, a specialized training, or a year-end corporate event, finding the right keynote speaker or breakout speaker should be at the top of your priority list. Partner with Elite Speaker Services to book speakers according to your specifications and needs. Elite Speaker Services has the depth of speakers and the experience to bring you peace of mind and a successful event. Go to EliteSpeakerServices.com for all your event needs. Let us deliver the message your audience needs to hear. Let us deliver beyond your expectations. Are you an MSP looking to strengthen the relationships that you have with your clients? Look to reinforce your value by maximizing your QBRs. Simplify the approach by turning any account manager into a virtual CIO with a humanized IT framework. Visit humanizeit.biz and start to create genuine human connections through better conversations rather than just presentations. Humanize IT. 
Are you someone who dreads public speaking? Does the mere thought of getting up in front of a crowd make you break out in a cold sweat? Well, fear no further because there's a solution that can help you overcome your fear and master the art of public speaking. Introducing our book, Talk It Up, a guide to successful public speaking. This comprehensive guide is perfect for anyone of any age in any profession if they want to improve the public speaking skills. Whether it's for a work presentation, a conference, a job interview, giving a toast at a wedding, or even a TED Talk. With Talk It Up, you'll learn how to craft and deliver a powerful speech that engages your audience and leaves a lasting impression. You'll discover techniques for controlling your nerves, protecting your idea, projecting your voice, using your body language, all to keep your audience engaged. Plus, you get tips on everything from creating an outline to using visual aids to managing a Q&A session. Imagine being able to speak confidently and being able to captivate your audience. With Talk It Up, you can become a skilled public speaker in no time. And the best part, it's available on Amazon. So you can start reading today and take your first steps to become a confident public speaker. Don't let your fear of public speaking hold you back any longer. Order your copy of Talk It Up today and start speaking with confidence. So I think that's our goal because what's nice about us is we're a category creator. So we're at the very beginning of Threat Locker, we went through this accelerator. Mm-hmm. And that was the biggest mistake I made in Threat Locker. It was a three-month program that was designed to help accelerate businesses. And it didn't help accelerate businesses. It slowed the business down. It was a lot of um, people who liked the sound of their own voice who had very little business advice to offer that was valuable. And it, it kind of crunched me. But one of the things I constantly heard from them was, hey, we want to get you into this night niche. We want to give you a certain section. You shouldn't be a horizontal platform. And I said, but everyone's got a computer. Every business has endpoint needs endpoint protection. And they were like, but this is a certain type of business. It's, are you going after finance? Are you going after MSPs? And I was like, no, this is a horizontal business, endpoint protection. And for most startups, that's a big mistake. Because to get into a market that isn't unique is very difficult. If you go into a market that's unique, it's much, much easier. But if you go in and say, I'm going to go head to head with CrowdStrike, (laughs) then that's a different game. And I fought with the accelerator over that. And at the end of the day, I was a CEO, so I got to win. Um, And what we did is we said, look, this is the way endpoint security works today. It works by allowing everything. Mm. And that means allowing malware, allowing games, allowing crappy software, allowing vulnerable software, and denying then by exception. But what we said is, what if you just allowed what they needed and blocked everything else? And there was a lot of problems in that. We're dealing with application updates. We're dealing with how do we figure out what they need and approval processes, things like that. But I knew at the beginning, this isn't going to be easy, but every one of these problems can be solved. And what's interesting today, ThreatLock has about 40,000 plus businesses that use our platform. And 99.9% of those would never have considered a zero trust platform before getting a demo of ThreatLocker. So when we think about how we go out and we speak to people, we're not going out to tell them, hey, ThreatLocker is the best EPP you can have. You should try our product. We're going out and showing them this is how software gets 
malware gets into your system. This is what malware is. And this is how you can stop it effectively by using a zero trust EPP. And that's what we're going to talk about tomorrow in our presentation. But it's, it's, a, it's a really effective way because then at the end of the day, all roads or at least all viable roads lead to threat locker. I love it. I love it. And, and I love that vision as well. To be able to say, this is where we believe this is going. We're going to be that organization that's going to provide the, not only the understanding, the education, and the solution. To be saying, we're going to protect all your endpoints. That makes a lot of sense. I love that. I want to ask you about your culture at your organization. I've been super impressed by some of the staff that I've interacted with at ThreatLocker. Uh, the professionalism, the response time. When I send an email, I'm getting a response back. When I, when I get a phone call in, I get a call back. And, and I love that. And just the way that I believe that they fostered this sense of, we're going to get you the help you need. We're a team. What are you doing to build that at your organization? And by the way, if you, if you don't see Danny and you see him at these conferences, the entire team is such a dressed up, we're like security, but we still have a threat locker logo shirt on. It is fantastic. It almost reminds me of Men in Black, but they got black and then blue. It's their logo size. So you're going to love that. And, and matter of fact, I would say when you're at with their team, it feels like it's a community. It feels like it's a family. But talk about the culture that you built at your organization. How did you foster that in your, in your company? So the, I think if there's one word that explains threat locker culture is, the urge, is urgency. Everything has to be urgent. It doesn't matter how small it is, how unimportant it is. Urgency is the priority in ThreatLocker. And w when I started ThreatLocker, when I, we, our first few customers were enterprise, big enterprise customers, or not, not big by today's standards, but they were big for us back then. And there was three people who founded ThreatLocker. There was me, my wife, who's the chief operating officer, and who currently are our VP of product testing. And we, there was three of us. And we, we managed to sign up uh, defense contractors, hospitals, and they're, they're on trial. And what we realize is this isn't something that you can't delay support on. So immediately out of the box, we said we have 24-hour support. Now, how do you deliver 24-hour support when there's three people? And so what we did is we, we, we put it through a chat system. And we said, okay, it's a live chat system. And it pushes to the phone. And it, it popped up on the phone. It would say, new visitor in the queue. And no one would ever come in at night. But now and again, as we started getting three, four, five, ten customers, you'd get someone coming at 11 or 2 a.m. in the morning. And what I realized was we're not hearing the phone mm -hmm. say that. And I missed one. and I was so mad I missed it. So we, what we did very early on, this is back in 2017, 18, when ThreatLocker you know, had no money, had no investment. I installed uh, ceiling speakers throughout my house. And I plugged a computer in at every room in the house. And in the middle of the night, in the middle of the day, as soon as someone came into support, it would say new visitor in the queue and it would echo through the entire house. And I would wake up and I would answer and I'd say, hey, Jacob, how's it going? And I'd go on the chat and he'd say, yeah, I'm having a problem doing this. And I would literally chat. And then the first thing I said is, do you want a Zoom link? So if they wanted a Zoom link, I would go into the office at two in the morning and get on a Zoom call with them. I wouldn't put the camera on because <laughs> you didn't want to see the, that two in the morning. But I'd get on a call with them. I'd get them to share their screen and I'd walk them through the support. And we, we decided we needed that forever. And it took two, three years before we actually had enough staff. I think it was 20, the end of 2020 before we had enough staff. So we didn't have to cover 24-hour support. And most of the time, it was like once every two weeks, someone would come in at night. And then it got to two, three times a night. And I was like, please let me alone. And I, I, was, I was sleeping. I was, but we've echoed that through the entire company. So still today, right. we answer our average chat answer time is like 16 seconds. Oh, 
24 hours a day, 2 a.m. at Christmas morning, you can get someone in our support center in Orlando. And I think as a company, we followed that through. And we follow through this strategy that every problem, and look, it doesn't always work. Sure. But every problem should be solved now where it can be. And if you can't solve the problem, call someone in the company who can. If they can't solve the problem, call someone more senior. And if they can't solve it, before they let that customer off the phone, put them on the phone to the CTO or the CEO of the company. And we try and do that all the time. And the thing is, it very rarely ends up getting to us. But everyone knows that this is what we're going to solve. What I love about that, if you don't mind me kind of coming back in and what you're saying is this, that's culture, that sense of urgency. We all can get to it. Let's address it. Let's, let's make sure this gets handled. And that's the spirit of what I'm hearing. And that's what I've seen already demonstrated with the relationships I have at your company is if I can get it done, let me get it done for you. It's not like this, well, we'll get back to you when we can get to you, or maybe they'll get up the food chain. Maybe they'll get over to Danny. No, let's address this. We get it done for you. Let's get it done. Yeah, and that's that's really really important that we have that and we continue to do that. And it's and the nice thing about it is it's not just in support; it fosters sales. Yes. Because now, you know, in July 2021, we went back in the office and we have a salesperson. Say, I've got a problem with this customer, sure. and they they walk over to support and say, "This customer's got a problem right now." And support gets on with them, and then they walk over to Dev, and we just fix it on the call. <laughs> and this is what's so amazing about it is because, like you said, it's not just about problems, challenges. It's about solutions. And it doesn't bottleneck the organization. If you're the end-all, say-all, everything's got to come through you, companies become more what I call, they, they kind of slow down to like molasses. People don't feel empowered. You get challenges with retention and, and keeping the best talent in your organization. But when people feel empowered, I have a voice, I have the authority, I can make a solution, I can make a call. That really helps to speed up what you guys are building. And that's what I'm sensing in your culture. And I think that's that's what it is. It's people are empowered. People can do things, and people know yeah. that they need to do things. Fantastic! I love it. Now, I want to ask you something that that might not be asked often for someone in your role. You are often asked to speak at conferences. You're brought in to share your expertise, your experience. You're speaking to oftentimes a lot of your peers, a lot of people that are running businesses. What do you enjoy about taking the stage? What do you enjoy about getting up and speaking? Because not everybody in this space is comfortable with speaking. People have a lot of anxiety. People get weirded out before they get on stage. But you have no problem talking. Talk about your comfortability, what you're learning about yourself when you take the stage. So I, I think, I think I, I, I'm passionate. And that comes across when I speak. And I, I never rehearse. And I, I, I was at a conference last week uh, exchanged by the channel company. And I, we had boardrooms. So we, I went into every boardroom, uh, 22 boardrooms we did. I think I did 15 of them because some of them were overlapping. And my chief product officer did seven of them or, or something along those lines. And I went into every boardroom and I spoke to everyone in the conference, you know, in groups of setting of 12 people. And then they said, oh, you've got a keynote in the morning. And I was like, the keynote that they've sent is basically what I've just, I mean, what I wasn't doing a presentation because when I went into the boardroom, I didn't do slides. I talked to them. I asked them questions. I got feedback. And then when I got, I was like, oh, I've got a keynote first thing in the morning. And this is like 11, 12 at night. I'm in the bar talking with customers. I was in the bar till three and I was like, I've got a keynote tomorrow. So I go back in the morning. Uh, so it's actually in the afternoon, the keynote, and, I, and I'm doing boardrooms on one. And I get off the boardrooms. I've got an hour left. I go and create a new presentation. So I, I'm actually going to run that presentation tomorrow because I, I switched my presentation out at the last minute. Nice. And I was like, I've already said what I pretty much this present slide says. Uh, it wasn't exactly the same. I've got to give these guys something new. I've got to educate them. I've got to give them value. 
And you know what I love? I, I I went on no rehearsal, and the channel company was like, Danny, can you come down with rehearsal? I was like, nope. <laughs> and, and they go, when are we getting your slides? I said, 15 minutes before the event. <laughs> uh, and uh, and I, I, I came down, I gave them my slides, and I was still typing on PowerPoint. And they were like, you're really just doing the slides now? And I said, yep, here you go. Here's the slides. And there were some mistakes on the slides, but it didn't matter because I could go through, I could tell a story about malware. I could tell about how, and, and I changed the topic to how do you write malware? How do you successfully bypass an antivirus OEDR? And, and I just made it up just before, and I went on stage and I talked about it. And what I like about that is watching people interact to things I say. And I don't know how they're going to behave because I've not said it before. I've not done it before. And it's amazing that you pause at the end of that statement. You pause at the end of that slide and then people laugh or they they show serious or they nod their heads. And I, I think that's what's great about talking to audiences and hearing, watching them and hearing them reply either through laughs, through claps, through through even, you know, sneers. It, 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 and you, when you don't know what they're going to say, when you have a brand new presentation and you have no idea how they're going to react to that statement, it's it's fun. Yeah, it's fun. And, and let me let me say this for our listening audience: if you're listening to this program, you love the guests we bring on, you appreciate the content. Make sure you are subscribed, downloading, and continue to support this so we can bring on incredible voices like Danny onto the program. Danny, you said something interesting. You said passion, and you said storytelling. If you can master Tell the right story, tailor it to the right audience. You're going to get that that cycle of energy. You're going to get people engaged. They're going to feel like they're with you on this journey. And then you said, "Passion." If you aren't excited to speak, I'm not excited to want to hear from you. And the fact that you can get on there and say, "Look, I'm fueled by the passion. I'm driven because I believe in what I'm doing. I love what I'm talking about." Then the chances of the audience saying, "I want that," it's going to be increased. That's what helps speakers, in my opinion. You have to take the stage and win the stage. Yeah, absolutely. If you if you have passion, they can see that passion and they want to be part. They want to be part of your story. They want to be part of your product because they know that this person and whether your product is an MSP selling IT services or whether it's a vendor selling security software, they want to be part of that. They want to understand how it works and they're going to come and talk to you afterwards. They're going to come to your booth. And that's one of the things I always do is immediately after speaking, if I can, uh, I go to the booth. Now, sometimes I have Tomorrow I'm flying immediately because I've got to go and meet somebody else. But I go to the booth, I go to the bar, and I get what people come to me and say, well, why did you do this? And actually, on Monday when we did that presentation, CRN, immediately as I got off stage, came and asked me for a quote on something. They said, you said something there. And I was like, it was such a flyby comment. And then they wrote a whole piece on it. And I, I, and it was it seemed so insignificant. But when I said it, the reporter immediately went, that's a story. That 10 seconds of line in a 30-minute presentation became an article on CRN. And that's what really met the need. It, you, you, you literally were touching on something that they needed, they were looking for, and that's what they walked away with. And the reality about speaking is when you're given a great presentation, chances are your audience is not going to remember everything that's said. But if they come with a focus, this is what I need, this is what I want to get out of it, and you hit that, that's what they're going to walk away with. Or... They may find something intriguing within that speech or presentation and say, that's what I'm going to follow Danny about. Yes. And whether that's technical or whether that's personal or whether that just they, they learn a lot. It, if they find something intriguing, they're going to remember you and they're going to follow up with you on it. I love it. Perfect. Uh, I want to ask you about why it's important for executives, for organizational leaders like yourself to polish this skill, to work on this skill of speaking. Why is it important in this space to be able to be comfortable your stage doesn't have to be thousands, but your stage can be one-on-one. 
We'll be right back after this short break. Are you projecting the right image to your market? Are you optimizing your name recognition and presence online? Elite Public Image is a leader in strategic communications and marketing solutions, ranging from public relations, brand communications, and content marketing strategy to social media and reputation management for businesses, professionals, and VIPs of all types. Whether you're looking to develop a particular brand or need a brand refresh, look no further than Elite Public Image. Visit ElitePublicImage.com and let Elite put their experience to work for you. Are you an MSP looking to strengthen the relationships that you have with your clients? Look to reinforce your value by maximizing your QBRs. Simplify the approach by turning any account manager into a virtual CIO with the Humanize IT framework. Visit humanizeit.biz and start to create genuine human connections through better conversations rather than just presentations. Humanize IT. Are you tired of struggling to keep your team motivated and engaged? Do you wish there was an easier way to develop your employee skills and build a high-performing team? Well, look no further than Mercury Learning Library and Coaching. If you're a tech company that values happy, high-performing teams and leaders, Mercury is the solution you've been looking for. You'll have access to online training, bi-weekly group coaching to power up your employees, their skills, their leadership skills, their sales, and public speaking. And for CEOs and business owners, we have an offer exclusive just for you. It is a training track to help you lead your company to success. Here's the thing. Your employees want to grow and develop. They want to be motivated and engaged at work, but it's not always easy to know where to start. That's where Mercury comes in. We provide specific development tracks for managers, employees, and HR leaders to help them achieve their goals and reach their full potential. Hey everybody, I'm Christina and I'm a brand and image strategist where we consult you on how you're coming across, how your total brand, um, social media, the way you speak, the way you look, the way uh, your website looks, and it's all important in encompassing especially effective communication. So I have a book that I'd like to recommend. This book called, called Talk It Up by David and Danny Sue Brown does exactly that. It goes step by step and it tells you exactly what you need to know. It is very easy to follow. It will boost your confidence. It will help you communicate effectively to your audience. And whether you're talking to one person or whether you're talking to 500 people, the principle is the same. Now, quite often, somebody will get nervous when they have to get in front of 5,000 people. And I get asked that question, do you get nervous? And it never crossed my mind to get nervous. One one thing is if you get in front of 5,000 people, you can't actually see anything but light. So, so, so you're not really in front of 5,000 people. You're in front of lights and that's pretty much it but it doesn't really make any difference i, I actually prefer a bigger audience because the nice thing about bigger audience is um laughter is contagious so if someone responds it goes through the room it's suddenly like oh that was funny and sometimes you say things that aren't you didn't think were funny and it will pick up a room and the, the room will get engaged but whether you're talking to one person it's the same principle i have three children 
And I say to my kids all the time, you, it doesn't matter how smart you are. It doesn't matter how intelligent you are. You've got to know how to communicate it. You've got to know how to talk to people. You've got to know how to explain what you want and what, and listen to them and hear and have a conversation that's intellectual and important without umming and ahhing and you knowing and all of this. You've got to be able to do that because if you can do that, you, you will get more money. It doesn't matter whether you're a software developer, a support person, communication will double your salary, will double your revenue if you're a company, or in many cases, more than double your revenue. And I, I try and train it into my kids who are typical teenagers and introverts. <laughs> you know, some of my best clients are actually introverts because they're more thoughtful. They think through how people are going to respond, how they're going to react, how they would emphasize things. And I love working with introverts in that way. But I, but I think what's so valuable is what you told your children. Hey, this is going to benefit you multiple times down the road. And even the great Warren Buffett said this is the most important skill set any professional could work on. And he said it could double your value. You know, and I look at it saying, how does it double my value? Is it my income? Is it just, no, it's your value. It's what you bring. It's what you're offering. It's not just your income. And I think that's what's so brilliant about what you said. And I think that's what's brilliant about what you're doing for your children and not just children. I know even for your company, you're doing that. Yes. And value is, can be income, can be customer base, what they're buying. And if you're a CEO of a company, it can be your market cap, which is and if you look at companies, publicly floated companies, and look at the difference between energetic CEOs and non-energetic CEOs, and good speakers and not good speakers, and it's not necessarily always I'm well-spoken. Think about the value and the CEOs you think of. Those companies are worth so much more by EBITDA, by revenue, by any metric you say, just by being excitable, communicable, have charisma and persona that people like. Love that. And I, and I would love to be able to see more leaders take that approach that mindset and say hey i've got to work on this not just for the company but for myself i've got to be able to position myself to where it inspires it uplifts and it, it really draws people in these are some of the things that you're talking about now, as we get ready to wrap up here danny i want to ask you just two quick questions here your thought on the outlook for threat locker the rest of this year q1 going to 24 what are some of the things that you're focusing on what are you looking to see accomplished as you close up this year and jump into next year. So, um, and th that's a long time for Threat Locker, by the way. To put this in perspective, <laughs> two and a half years ago, we had 25 employees. We nearly have, we nearly have 300 now. Yeah. So th th when we think about uh, this nine months in time, that's like making a baby. That's like <laughs> a, a lot of, uh, a lot of time for Threat Locker. But look, what we're really excited about right now is, um, the, the new stuff we're bringing out like we're, we're trying to help msps we're trying to help uh, it departments uh, to help businesses understand the threats they have the the reporting the health reports the the ability to see software and i want to i want to think about that as well because i was thinking about people who aren't very passionate when they speak quite often people aren't passionate when they see, speak because they're not passionate about their product oh, they don't believe it if you're not passionate about your product change your product make it better because if, if you can't naturally be passionate, then you have to ask yourself, is my service really that good? And if it's not really that good, how do I make it better? And what we always do at Threat Locker is we, we try and say, I want to make a report. And we, we come up with this concept of a report to show people the software they're running, where it is, what country it's from. 
And they say, well, we're going to automate it. We're going to do this. And it's like, that's not real value. So we build this entire team out of 60 people. Like in, in three days, we go from an no, idea of no report to we've just got a brand new team with 60 people researching every single product that we can find in the world. Every piece of software every customer uses, what countries they're from, where their developers are, who they're funded by. Hey, that dark mode extension that can see your passwords was made in Russia. And then suddenly I, I see the team getting around this because at first they're like, oh, you want to know what this does? And then I'm like, yeah. And then I'm like, I want to know what everything does. And the first they look at you like, you're mad. We can't figure out every piece of software. I said, well, how many can you figure out? And they said, I don't know, maybe maybe a thousand a month based on a couple of people. I said, well, how many people do we need then? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and suddenly they're like, you want me to hire 60 people? It's like, yes. And if you can't be passionate about your product, if you, then it's going to be hard to speak about it. So if you're if you're struggling with passion, not with correct pauses and ums and ahs, but if you're struggling with passion, make your product better. And if that means raising the cost of it because you can't do it at the same cost, raise the cost of it because you'll never be able to sell a cheap product that you're not passionate about. Danny, I'm telling you, this is a masterclass. Thank you. When we started off talking about zero trust, looking at endpoints, we're talking about the evolution of, well, let's say the changing of our environment that we talked about earlier. Battlefront starts on the cybersecurity end. It's oftentimes companies trying to attack you. Now countries trying to attack you, not just going after on the battlefield. And here we are talking about the importance of speaking, mastery of language, mastery of energy. And now what are we talking about? If you're not excited about your product, your service, it's going to be hard to manufacture that excitement when you're speaking. People feel it. They understand it. They, they know when you're excited about what you do. They know when it's your why and you want to get it out there. I love that you put that challenge out there. If you're not excited about it, change it. Yeah, because if you're not selling something you like, don't sell it. <laughs> Don't sell it at all. But Dan, it's been great having you on. I definitely hope that we get more conversations. We engage more with what you're doing. I want to stay in the loop with Threadlocker. I want to be able to hear what you're out there, you're going after, what you're changing, what you're challenging, because I think that's what we need more in our space. If you want to learn more about Danny and his organization, go to threatlocker.com. He will address the things that he's been working on with his team. They're going to talk about endpoint security platform. Danny, thank you for joining me. It's thank you, great David. Having you on. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Twins Talk Tech Leadership. Please subscribe, download, and share this program. Learn about sponsorship opportunities and become featured on our program. Follow us on LinkedIn and other social media platforms. Be sure to also give our other program, Twins Talk It Up, a listen as well. We will see you next time in the next episode of Twins Talk Tech Leadership.